0: Dear Mom and Dad, I've been at a sleepaway camp
1: for almost three weeks. And I'm getting very scared.
2: Welcome to sleepaway camp. Someone is watching you.
0: Hey, Baba
2: revolve! Someone is waiting for you. Someone wants to scare you to death. Ah! Ah! Ah!
0: Turn it! Turn the wheel! Oh my god!
2: Sleep away camp. You won't be coming home.
3: welcome to they call this a movie testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time subscribe to the podcast on itunes and pod- other podcast services by searching they call this a movie we're part of the main damie network and to find more from us check out the website of the or on twitter facebook and instagram at the main damie we are also now a proud member of geek vibes nation you can find them at gvnation.com welcome back to they call this a movie this is anthony DelVecchio, with me as always is dan aquino and mark Myers. say hello gentlemen hey
1: everyone uh I did not run afoul of a Florida man, as Anthony said <laughs> in our last week's episode. Uh, my internet crapped out, so I'm uh, I'm back. Hopefully, internet's looking strong. I have five bars on my laptop. So, you know, God willing, I'll be able to stick this one out, because this is a good one. I'm excited for this, uh, this episode.
2: Sure, that's what they want you to think, that <laughs> your internet crapped out. Wait, are you <laughs>
1: saying Big Brother took me out of... Uh, they call this a movie.
2: How are we sure you're the real Dan? Uh,
1: well, <laughs> I am still bald, so. Okay. That checks <laughs> That's out for the me. test. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't right. fake that anyway. No, I have a nice, I have a decent-looking beard going. I'm still a little scraggly, but I, I'm a I'm a hot mess right now. I I haven't really shaved my head. I you know I I'm just I'm I'm getting over a sickness right now, a cold, if you will. And uh, I'm powering through because I care about our fans.
3: What a trooper.
1: Mm, you know it. <laughs> and Mark all Harry the monies Harry, that Harry. I make.
3: <laughs> Mark, it's how
2: you hold it up? Good, good. Just wanted uh, you guys' opinion on if I made a bad decision. I decided to uh, take an old pair of boxing gloves I have and spend $60 to have Stallone autograph them in, at the Keystone Comic Con. Good decision, bad decision. It's a great um. decision.
3: I think a better decision, apparently, would have been to take those boxing gloves and uh, take on Anthony Joshua.
2: Yes.
0: <laughs> he could have been what,
3: heavyweight champion of the world. Apparently. One of
2: my favorite mo- uh, Twitter moments from that was when somebody uh, tweeted, you know, uh, Ruiz just uh, knocked his soul out of his body, and then they had a video, I saw and that. it was that big punch he hits, and then the, this blue shade of Joshua just escapes, <laughs> and, like, Goes Goes to to the the airport airport and goes onto a British Airways plane and flies back to London. That that uh, was pretty funny. And the other thing was it said uh, 2012 Anthony Joshua, and it was him winning the gold medal at the Olympics for boxing. And it was like 2012 Anthony Ruiz, and it was him taking an Instagram selfie going, just chilling after taking a shit. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty great. Uh, he's no schlub though. He's got a pretty good record though. Yeah, yeah. He, he he's
1: he's got power. He's yeah. just in terrible like fighting yeah. shape, I guess.
3: Well, that's that's what I noticed was just that like just I don't know where he gets the power from. Like just I
1: guess it's obviously just his his weight, but he hits yeah. hard. Yeah. yeah he looked and he looked quick. Yeah. Like, those those flurries weren't you know they weren't just like haymakers coming at you nice and slowly. They were you know quick jabs, a couple of good haymakers, and ooh.
3: Yeah, that's yeah, a big any, boy.
1: Anything that gets me
3: caring about heavyweight boxing again, I'm <laughs> right. all for it. Because I can't stand yeah. the the smaller guys boxing and just dancing around the ring for twelve rounds. I just love when heavyweight boxing is something to talk about. Yeah, just just going all at it. Just fucking destroying each
1: other. <laughs>
2: yeah, when 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 the heavyweight division has a knockout king, you know that's when boxing's popular.
1: Yeah, yeah. you know because people like the the brutality. Yeah
2: of it yeah, you know as, no one wants to see dancing as mm-hmm. good as floyd mayweather is he's a defensive fighter and mm-hmm. nobody's gonna well a lot of people pay money to watch it but you know it doesn't hold the interest of like mainstream Casuals. media yeah you know yes.
0: they're
1: gonna talk about this guy for a while but yeah this is not a boxing podcast no Mark, all that's right?
3: not what we're here for
1: I know it's here. not Mark's fault. This is no, all of our this faults. Is
3: all of our faults. We like to pick on Mark. This <laughs> is For some fault.
1: reason, we just pick on Mark. Because <laughs> he's always the last one to go. Mark, <laughs> if if you're feeling a little picked on, if if you want to switch it up next week, we could go after me.
2: No, that's fine. I like my either really. I either have really solid things that uh, go into good tangents, or I have a really awful bit. And no, that was a good it's one. Be, it's best to go last.
3: Yeah, that was a good <laughs> one. Yes, but as we said, we're not here to talk about boxing. We're here to talk about the summer. As we are getting ready to go into the long, grueling, hot summer days as uh, June 21st is fast approaching, Uh, we decided to uh, take a break from our uh, new release kind of uh, schedule and go with uh, kind of a movie that uh, deals with summer, specifically summer camp. So we decided to go with uh, Sleepaway Camp. From 1983. Uh, this was directed by Robert Hiltzik, writer-director uh, all of 25 years old at the time. And stars Felisa Rose, Jonathan Tiersten, Karen Fields, and Mike Kellen. Guys, what did you think of Sleepaway Camp?
2: I, I gotta tell you, searching for Sleepaway Camp on Amazon, realized that I had to be much more specific at what I was talking about. Because apparently Sleepaway Camp is like a type of camping gear or something um when i searched for it i had to type movie next to it oh you're a
3: are you a browser man
2: yeah (laughs) you're a browser
3: browser man man. a browser man what is that like you're you know you're watching it through amazon not like an amazon prime video app on a phone smart television uh, or a tablet
2: so i i so i did not
3: so i did not um i did not have have that problem (laughs) is what i'm saying
2: but anyway, yeah. So um, I'll go first because you guys will probably talk a little bit more because uh, you know horror is more in your genre, you know, your your wheelhouse. But yeah, so initially, I I really enjoyed the fact of how uh, I don't want to use the word poor. Earnest might be a better word in terms of the acting performances. You know, like they really went for it, um, and it, I I couldn't I couldn't tell. If the dialogue was poorly written or if it was badly delivered. And I don't know if that's a compliment or not, but that was one of the main things I picked up on it. But I did enjoy myself watching the movie. Okay. So that, that is an, a thumbs up from other things we've watched, you know, sure. over this year.
1: Sure. Dan? Uh, I enjoyed this movie, despite the fact that the person I was watching it with would not stop talking throughout the whole movie. It was nonstop. I think that really took away from the movie, but I had seen other reviews of this and they didn't really capture what the movie was about. So I kind of, I kind of went in thinking this was going to be really terrible and it's not great, obviously, but I always enjoy a good campy eighties horror film and this really delivered. So I was like a pig in shit with this movie. I was loving it, man. The, (laughs) the bad dialogue, the, uh, (laughs) the practical effects uh, yeah the ending actually kind of I don't want to say scared me but it I kind of I, I felt I was like oh I was kind of shaking a little bit like oh my god that's actually a little freaky what happens but uh, obviously we'll get to it but uh, i've I've never been to a summer camp in my life. I grew when I was growing up I always stayed home so I don't know the horrors of summer camp but it looks like they portrayed it pretty well for. You know, I guess uh, uh, guys and girls going through puberty at that age in summer camp, you know, hormones are flowing. And uh, this movie was I don't know if this was how the early 80s were, but there was a lot of uh, I'm trying I'm trying to say this without sounding like crude or anything. But did guys usually run around naked around each other in the (laughs)
0: 80s?
1: (laughs) I don't know. I don't know.
2: It depends on how much. (laughs) Depends on how much cocaine there was involved. Sure. A
3: lot of things going on in this movie. Um, Yeah. It's questionable. Yeah. So this is not the first time I've seen Sleepaway Camp. This was the first time for both of you guys? Correct. Yes. And did I... I'm assuming Mark. Mark, did you know what the ending was to this movie?
2: No. um, Oh, so
3: you were both super surprised. No, I knew. You knew. I I knew.
2: The only thing that I didn't... The only thing I thought... I knew there was going to be a twist. I didn't catch that twist um i had thought that it was going to be um you know we'll get to it when we get there but i thought it was going to be something else okay um and it wasn't until um a certain thing happens right before they reveal it that i'm like oh you know and and then i got it um Mm -hmm. but yeah throughout the whole movie i thought it was a completely different twist it was going to be
3: okay so as i said this is not the first time i had watched this movie i had watched it in i believe 2016 for 31 days of horror and i fucking hated this movie this is one of those movies that i uh, like i'm gonna read parts of the review here um and it, maybe it's because there is a there's a different mindset watching 31 days of horror versus watching the movies that we watch um 31 days of horror you know you you you, i get to pick and choose what i watch and you know most of them are terrible but ever so often you get a bunch of good ones but this wound up being number 24 that month so i probably was feeling a little bit of burnout um and uh the ending rubbed me the wrong way i'm actually gonna read for you kind of the really quick beginning of this uh, article to kind of get my my head my mindset of the movie <laughs> so because it, it started like this man fuck this movie I've seen worse movies during this month of horror movie watching but I think I came away with a much worse experience in this one than any other movie this movie is cult classic and part of that is because of the ending which predates the crying game by nearly decade spoiler alert. I knew the ending going into this one but I don't think that ruined it for me and the truth is that the ending is completely unearned. There's really no reason for it, and while there are hints at this ending coming, it's dumb as fuck, and it's completely unnecessary to the rest of the story. Um, So I'm going to say, I'm just going to, I'll spoil it too, because I spoil it here. I'm going to spoil this right here, so stop reading if you don't want to find out about how this ends. Turns out that Angela's weird aunt forced her to live as a female, even though she was born a boy. This isn't found out until the end, which I guess is supposed to be some sort of revelation, but the revelation should be that she's fucking killing people. At the end, the counselors stumble upon her naked while holding someone's head, and they're more surprised about her penis than the fact she has someone's severed head in her hand. This movie gets its priorities mixed the fuck up. (laughs) Um, And here's something that we were talking about off screen, uh, off, uh, off podcast uh on top of that let me just address judy the biggest bitch in the whole fucking movie and a movie filled with giant bitches that's this, my spirit I, animal man. that's my girl <laughs> judy's my girl this i guess is supposed to be the hot girl but what the fuck is up with her body proportions she has a large head no neck freakishly long a long arms and a small torso it's weird looking i'm happy to i was happy to see everyone die and the fashion is got awful
1: did judy die she does right she does but now on screen.
3: i i feel like i saw a different cut of this movie because there are details to judy's death in particular that doesn't come quite across here as as i remember it being obvious um and we'll get to it but i think i think i watched this when i on Shudder um because every every october i always uh do a shutter subscription, so I have more options to watch horror movies. And I think there was an uncut version of that. Okay. So I think her her death is a little more gruesome than what we saw. It's very off screen. Um, it's off screen there, but it makes it more obvious of what happens to her mm-hmm. um, with that curling iron. Yeah. Um, but uh, to make a long story short, uh, too late, kind of. Uh, I didn't hate this movie as much as I did the first time. And I said, like I said, I think it's because you know the the movies we like to latch onto in this podcast are few and far between. Um, This movie is hilarious to me at points. And Mark, you were mentioning um, the bad. You don't know if it's bad actors or bad script. I think the director made a choice of how he wanted his actors to act, because everybody is at an eleven the entire movie. Like every line of dialogue is there is so much aggression in this movie just between everybody mostly the women there's there's super cattiness oh yeah everybody from every scene is at each other's throats the (laughs) baseball the softball game Mm -hmm. is so tense for a game (laughs) that is just softball at summer camp. And they're making plays. They're These making kids are plays. making plays, you know, man.
1: Mozart make, making plays. This dude is making a, a diving catch at shortstop and doubling the dude up at second. <laughs> I was like, man, but I just, wish I
3: could do that. Just the animosity between both teams are just, yeah. ooh, it's like Rugnado Dorr and Jose Batista <laughs> out there.
1: It, it was funny because I, I was thinking this while watching it. like, it, Again, because I'd never been to a summer camp, but did everyone hate each other usually? I thought most people I, were friendly once they went to summer camp. It was like, "Oh, I haven't seen you all year. Now we get to hang." And no, it's just everyone's out for blood apparently at summer camp. Yeah,
3: I think it's just those those untapped fuck chemicals. People are just like horned the fuck up and they're just mad. <laughs> they're like they're, they're, they they hmm. they really aren't comfortable just masturbating in the bed next to other people yet. They're just <laughs> My, like
2: yet. <laughs>
3: well you know like i figure like by like week three they're just like ah oh, okay, fuck it i gotta okay I gotta, I
1: you gotta release the poison <laughs> yeah uh my favorite line i gotta unclog the chimney yeah, my favorite line was when uh judy tells andrea or angela angela, angela. judy tells angela that she would be a carpenter's dream flat <laughs> as board and needs a screw <laughs> i was like that was like an 80s burn right there.
3: And that that is that is the capper of a long tirade oh, where yeah. she is just... She is hot. Man. <laughs>
1: She's She is laying into Angela. <laughs> it, I mean, I've never seen that. Even in high school, I never saw stuff like that happen. It, the, 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 one, the one kid... Who's getting picked on in the boys' side has a fucking knife. He fucking pulls a knife. (laughs) He pulls a knife on you, and everyone's just like, "Oh, he's just kidding around." No, he was—he threatened to kill you. (laughs) Yeah, and he was gonna do it too. Yeah, oh yeah. And and everyone like, "No, it's cool. He was just joking around.
2: Cut him, cut him some slack. Yeah, cut me some slack." (laughs) It it is the weirdest way to introduce um, something that'll be used a lot in the movie it's the weirdest way to go <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know
3: mozart nearly kills a kid yeah so let's, let's put that in there for later yeah oh my god this this movie is wild i'm not gonna lie yeah. um but, I, I don't know if i'm a completely 100 percent turned around on it but i i did enjoy this movie a lot more than i did the first time just because how just batshit crazy everybody seems to be in this movie like the ant is in in outer space.
1: Yeah. That's a fuck. That was a fucking choice by somebody. Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah that but, first but scene it, with her.
1: It, it makes sense in the grand scheme of the movie, I guess, but they never explain why she's batshit crazy.
2: Yeah.
1: Right. I maybe I missed it, but it, no. It, it did kind of come out of left field. Like, why is she making the choice that she makes to, which gives us the. Uh, Big
2: twist at the end, obviously.
3: Sure. I guess she has to be some level of nuts.
2: Sure. Even even the first scene is when you're introduced to her. Oh yeah. I guess it's setting up the end. But she's in
1: outer space in that scene.
2: Yeah.
1: It's uh. Thankfully, you only see her a couple times. And
2: apparently, she's a doctor. She is a doctor.
1: They mentioned it twice. Oh, good. (laughs) Very good. That's uh. That's who you want. Mm -hmm. Uh, prescribing medication and overseeing your general health. Did they give her a name, or is it just Anne Martha? Oh, Anne Martha. Oh, Martha. <laughs> Why would you say that name? Why Martha? Martha.
0: Why did you say that name?
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, I I I enjoyed the campiness and uh, no pun intended, obviously, but I enjoyed the campiness of this movie. And uh, I had to explain to my uh the person watching it with me. I had to explain that this is an obvious ripoff of Friday the Thirteenth. And for some reason, he couldn't really grasp it and then he just started going off into other horror movies it's like oh did you know that the, the the stairs and the exorcist were really in washington dc like, oh, okay cool and it's just i so i kind of got sidetracked here and there so i might have missed out on some things okay. well,
2: we will fill you in yes oh, please, please i've do. got
1: fucking notes despite
3: my computer's best uh best efforts
1: well uh, i i am ready to hear yeah. these notes. I am so excited.
3: <laughs> so, uh, this movie has a 6.3 on IMDb. Pretty high for us. Has a Rotten Tomato score of 82%. Uh, See, made... I, I told you. This is a good movie. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> made for a budget of $350,000. And made 11 Sounds notes? high. <laughs> Sounds high?
2: I'm so... make, I was joking.
3: That... Oh, I was going to say. Like, <laughs> this is bare bones. <laughs> yeah, this movie wound up grossing $11 million in the U.S. So profitable movie it spawned a handful of sequels uh one starring pamela springsteen <clears throat> the sister of bruce
1: why'd you say it that way what what do you mean really it's uh, sister of bruce yeah because i couldn't think of his name immediately
0: off <laughs> the top <of> my head.
3: <laughs> I,
1: I thought there was like a big call uh, out dan <laughs> i thought there was a big reveal coming as opposed Br- to bruce. george bruce <laughs> <laughs> but, i don't know it's just, the way you said it, it was just like you were surprised yeah. Like Bruce. Uh, yep.
0: Mm-hmm. Bruce.
1: <laughs> I apologize. It's I'm I'm just uh, I'm being a dickhead is what I'm being. So continue on. And we, that's how we know it's the real Dan. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there, there
3: you go. Uh, okay. So plot. Uh, this is dedicated to the director's mom, who is a real doer. This is the first opening card
0: we got awesome.
1: <laughs> I thought that was the last name.
0: Nope. Oh, it was
1: a doer.
3: A
0: doer.
1: Okay, now I get it. <laughs>
3: uh, we see shots of an abandoned camp, uh, with audio of usual camp activities happening over ne- over top of it. So like we're seeing abandoned ball fields, we're hearing a gameplay, basketball court, blah, blah, blah. Um, and the white shots you could see all the foliage has started to turn and to fall. It's this movie was shot during the off-season of a real summer camp, so they have spray-paint the leaves and grass green during the close-up shots, but obviously in the wide shots, they couldn't do that. We see a Camp Arawak sign for sale, and then we kind of fade into a uh, bustling scene at a lake during the summer, uh, a dad is on, on a skiff with his son and daughter. Um, the accents on these kids are atrocious. They are right off the central casting of probably Long Island. Um, they got some super thick accents. Um, their names are Peter and Angela, are the kids. Uh, they're there they're with his, their dad and his friend, quote unquote. Um, the son Peter is played by Maxi- Maximo Gianfranco Sorrentino. What's that name. name? Does that name mean anything to anybody?
1: Max, say it again, Maximo.
3: Maximo Gianfranco Sorrentino.
1: Is that a... Is that a director?
3: Nope. Mm, yeah, I, don't I, have, I don't know. you have a guess? Okay, I'll tell you. He is the older brother of Mike, the Situation Sorrentino.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it just gets better and better.
3: For some reason, that there's a connection to the Jersey Shore in this movie, and that's what it is.
1: <laughs> oh, this just shot up a, a notch.
3: <laughs> so uh, we hear... The, the dad's friend that he's got to get out of the water cause the doctor is coming. So we learn about aunt Martha and Richard their her son, um, doesn't really play out in this scene, but it just kind of sets up the future scenes essentially. Um, as the dad, dad is working on the skiff, the kids playfully throw him in into the water. Uh, meanwhile, there's a lifeguard, uh, and his girlfriend kind of, uh, Running and riding a boat, uh, having a uh, a water skier behind them. The girl wants to wants to ride drive the boat, so they switch and they do. Eventually, long story short, when the dad's in the water, the girl loses control of the boat and they she runs over the dad and one of the kids in one of the most avoidable accidents on all yep. accounts
1: yep. <laughs> it, I've ever seen. It, it was similar to uh, Austin Powers yes. when he. He's driving the steamroller. Stop. All she
3: has to do is take her foot off the gas and they would like just come to a slow stop. Or all she has to do is turn the boat and it would come to a stop. She can't do either. They they wind up stepping on the gas and going even faster. And this scene scene is like the first scene where we get kind of the level of acting we're going to get. Because the girl that was water skiing... Her
1: performance
3: is one for the ages. Her, <laughs> somebody
1: she, get some help!
0: Somebody! Oh my God! Somebody get them out of the water! <laughs>
1: I was I was thinking to myself like not only could the girl driving the boat have not you know t- could have taken her hand off the throttle, turned the boat, the father could have easily have just gone under the water under yep. the boat
3: there yeah. are so many ways this could
1: have been avoided yep um but for whatever reason it was not so so the the father and the daughter get ran over but they only show the father mm-hmm. right mm-hmm.
3: we just we so yes we know what the ending is and we already we already, yeah, we already spoiled it so yes uh okay we are meant to believe we are just meant to believe that it is one of the kids okay but we we don't know we we know it's the dad because we have that quick shot of the boyfriend Mm -hmm. of other spoiler (laughs) (laughs) saying john (laughs) after he gets run over it's (laughs) just
1: the quality performance after quality performance
3: (laughs) really and then we get a, a shot of one of the life vests kind of like destroyed and just floating in the water then we cut to eight years later and we see Angela and her cousin Ricky. Uh, Angela's been taken in by the aunt, uh, who also something we find out later is that the father, the the aunt's husband, has left her. Where we find that out later. Right. Uh, but to backtrack, Dan, uh, it's kind of a complex. They don't really, they don't really, they don't really do a good job of kind of setting up the whole situation. I think because they're trying to hide the fact that the kid that you think died isn't the one that died it was the other one right so essentially um angela does die in the water okay. um it's peter that survives and then the aunt decides that she doesn't need two boys she always wanted a girl mm-hmm. so she makes peter into angela that's what oh, the good. that's what the end of yeah. end of the movie is right <clears throat> but um it's 8 years later and angela is living with aunt martha and cousin ricky Angela doesn't talk much at this point. She's very quiet. And Ricky is like the exact opposite. He's he's extroverted. He's charismatic. He's cool. He's wearing a lacrosse hat. Yeah. He curses up a storm. He curses up a storm. Um, and meanwhile, Ann martha is on Jupiter because <laughs> she is a space cadet in the truest form. Everything she says is... Everybody. oh my god i almost forgot <laughs> yeah she's very ditzy yeah she's very ditzy very space cadet and she's just like talks to herself all the time second guesses herself and then oh i think that's what i did or oh i'm yeah. quite sure of it I mean, that will do it all
1: yeah hit, uh like pie in the sky kind of uh her head's in the clouds kind of thing yeah, kind of really not... very aloof Um,
3: so she's getting them ready for to go to to camp. Um, she talks at the top of her lungs throughout this while she's doing this well as well. She gives them their physical papers. Um, and she's acts super weird about it. She's like, don't tell anybody how we came across these also kind of foreshadowing. Obviously we spoiled it in this, it already foreshadowing the fact that there's something up and you know, why Angela is Angela and not Peter. Um, But I don't think nobody would have. Nobody would have questioned it. It's like, hey, wouldn't they have done a physical and they would have figured out that she's really a boy?
1: <laughs>
3: yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> this movie doesn't stand on its own two legs. <laughs>
1: I'm out of here. Well, um, yeah, I, there was a couple of points where I I figured someone would have. wouldn't Ricky have known, right? I guess he could have. Yeah. I mean, he's good at keeping secrets. Then
3: he should he should have because in the flashback at the end. Um, he should realize who survived it, right? Because the Aunt Martha says, "Oh, won't R- won't Richard be so surprised when he comes to find comes to see what I what I've bought you?" Right. Um. So yeah, Ricky. I assume. I guess Ricky knows the whole time.
1: Yeah, it's maybe that's so... why he's so. Maybe that's why he's so protective of her. Right, because throughout the whole movie, he's yeah. always he, watching her back. and He is sticking a up ride
3: her. or die motherfucker, man. I got
1: to give it to yeah. him. You want he Ricky is. in your fucking corner. I, I mean, he goes to bat for her. and I mean, Every even time. against against kids that are twice his size.
3: Against a child molesting chef. That's true. <laughs> yeah. That's it's the very the first, first
1: person.
3: Thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, so the golfers, yeah.
1: Real quick. Uh, I've been using the word aloof very wrong recently. <laughs> I always. <laughs> So I have to backtrack. The ant is not aloof. No. Uh, I thought aloof was very, like, silly so and outgoing. Flaky or yes. flaky? Yeah, so I did not know aloof meant, like, distant. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Angela is aloof. Yes, yeah, so yeah. I am dumb, and <laughs> <laughs> now I know why some people have been giving me weird looks when I've talked, like, when I've used that word. Like, oh, man, I guess I'm not using it right. Continue. I'm sorry.
3: Okay. Uh, So the kids go off to camp to Camp Arawak, as what we saw in the beginning, uh, the closed down camp. Ricky went last year. This is Angela's first time. Um, Note, a lot of the extras used in the scene were uh, family and friends of cast and crew. Um, We meet Ricky. uh, We meet Paul, I mean. Ricky's friend uh, introduces her to uh, Angela. And then we meet Judy, Ricky's ex. As mentioned, she has odd proportions. Oh, she doesn't. um fun fact about judy originally supposed to be played by jane krakowski i don't know who that is uh she was the blonde from 30 rock
0: mm. oh that's jenna, right okay jenna maloney yeah yep. Oh, that would have uh, been pretty interesting yeah
3: and then we get introduced to the uh the cooking crew which includes a child molester chef and james Earl jones's dad oh is
1: it really and the, he uh he walks around in spy. his underwear <laughs> the James Earl Jones's dad? Yeah, doesn't he come in uh in a later scene? Doesn't he show up in his underwear? Uh, maybe I don't remember that. Okay, maybe who am I thinking of? Someone, someone that's someone... always smiling and sounds just like James Earl Jones. This this movie is full of Easter eggs. Yeah. It's like, you well, wouldn't have thought that James Earl James Earl jones father would be in any movie, really. He sounds just yeah. like him. And
2: yeah, he
3: man. laughs off a child molester. Oh, you crazy. So,
2: uh, yeah, the I, child molester chef. Yeah, and and just the the terms that he uses. I'm like, ah, I don't know. I, I guess you got to think. No, it wouldn't even be good. Like I'm thinking, it wouldn't even be good time and place. No. So some of the stuff I, I think I'm saying.
3: one thing that you were talking about, he says, where I come from, we call them baldies. So where the fuck does he come from? <laughs> baldies baldies yeah do you need me to draw you a map on that one down when he's discussing what the the girls specifically
1: Uh, oh okay yeah all right sorry i didn't realize what he was
3: nope um He he makes no question about his intentions of why he is a chef at a summer camp and then
2: and then the other line is they're never too young. You're just too old.
3: And that's where Robert Earl Jones laughs
2: laps and walks away. <laughs> right. oh, yeah, that's,
1: uh, that's that's good. Always looking the other way.
3: Yeah, it's a, it's a good thing to to turn to blind eye too. Child molestation. I mean, Catholic sure. Church has gotten away with that for years. <laughs>
1: Bazing.
2: zing, <laughs> <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> well, well,
1: this this could get off the tr- off the uh, off the uh, rails real quick. Yes.
0: Yeah. So
3: we'll move on moving on um yeah. so uh ricky shows angela to her bunk and she goes into the gr- bunk with all the other girls and she sits down and she stares she just stares there's deeply a- at a- all the a- other girls <laughs> specifically judy and judy immediately hates her, hates her <laughs> so fucking much
1: right there, and there's no reason whatsoever i mean to me i maybe maybe i shouldn't even say because they're so young because it's like is she even really a threat to Judy, because Judy looks like she's much older than her.
3: Judy, Judy seems like she has experience.
1: Oh, she yeah. definitely does, 100%. I think she's she
3: flirting with all the older boys when Ricky, when Ricky approached her and she just dismissed Ricky. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So yeah. I was gonna say she definitely puts out that vibe. Yeah, that she knows her way. Well, mm-hmm. as Paul
2: said, she came in a little more grown up, if you know.
1: There... <laughs> well, it's later, but so doesn't she have a date with uh oh no that's something never mind someone else a couple of people yeah it's she's all over the place that judy who she's incorrigible i mean what are we uh what are we gonna do with her
3: (laughs) uh so at lunch the meg is the girl camp counselor who also just hates angela's guts (laughs) um so she's She make so she makes the male the head camp counselor Ronnie come over to her to see if there's anything he could do. Ronnie's shorts are super vulgar. Yeah. (laughs) He's just walking around with his his dick print just out. He's not the (laughs) only one either. But his is so pronounced.
1: His shorts are way too short. I don't care if it's nineteen (laughs) eighty three. <laughs> it, and that's I think I messaged you uh, the group when I'm saying like there's something going on here man. It is, there's... There are several
3: fashion just what the fucks. Yeah, it's there's the guy with a half shirt. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> that's right. And then Ronnie shows up once with a mesh shirt. <laughs> and then there's a guy with cut off shorts. Oh my god, that baseball that softball game is so homoerotic. It's ridiculous.
1: That, that's what part of this movie really was and i i i didn't know what they were going for i again i i was born in the late 80s so i don't know if that was really the style then but i mean you had yeah you know, like the guy with the crop top and just like guys with mesh shirts with just hair sticking out and just like it's obviously now if you were to dress like that it definitely screams you know a certain lifestyle which is you know obviously fine we're okay with that but with this i just i didn't get why everyone dressed that way again i don't know if it was the style i have no idea either
3: Um, all i know is that guy's crop top is barely a crop top it's like a bra it's like a sports bra like a loose
1: fitting sports bra yeah that was again very questionable
0: yeah
1: but not as questionable as a scene coming up in a it's a, a few scenes later sure uh, I hope you have to touch on it. I'd imagine also I'm going to have to jump in. <laughs> okay.
3: It. I'm sure we'll get to it. It, um, it freaked me out. So uh, Meg's a real bitch, um, but Ronnie, Ronnie seems super nice. And he was like, Oh, let's go see. So Angel's not eating. So he's like, Oh, let's go see if we could uh, go to the kitchen and make, make something for you that you're going to like. Cause Ronnie's Ronnie being nice. Yeah. He's very nice. but Ronnie's a big dummy. <laughs> um, <laughs> So Ronnie goes to the kitchen, introduces her to the creepy chef, um, and then he just lets her—he leaves her in the very uh, wandering hands of the uh, the creepy chef, who immediately takes her to the walk-in freezer to rape her.
1: Yeah, and yeah, not even a second's hesitation. Yeah, in, in like Ronnie's daylight. in the
3: other ne- in the other room, and he's like, "Well, I guess because it's time to rape you. Come on, let's go. What do you have? What do you have for, oh, you have for lunch? Rape." <laughs> i guess i got this penis for you and he more or less says that i think i could find something for you in there and he just pulls out he just just unbuckles his belt like oh think i got something for you here it's like super unsubtle like it's rape time
1: he's done this before yeah no it's down to science that's the sad thing he'd be
3: out of his pants in like six seconds He
1: practices. Yeah. But luckily, luckily we don't see anything. No. Nope. for this movie, I'm surprised we didn't. Because right. Ricky comes he, in
3: and catches him. Yeah,
1: mid-unbelting. <laughs> yeah.
3: Like he, what are you
2: doing? What the <laughs> fuck is going on? You didn't see anything. Oh, God. He, he
3: slams Ricky so hard into the shelves. I actually watched the documentary of the making of it. Of the actor it was just like, yeah, there was no... Stunt coordination. He, we practiced, we did that scene like 15 times
1: at 15 times. He did it as hard as he could. And, and again, the way he, the way he threatens Ricky makes me think he's had to do that plenty of times. (laughs) You didn't see nothing. You didn't see anything. He slams him into the boxes. Yeah. He's, he's threatened kids before. Mm -hmm.
3: Yep. Yeah. So Ricky comes to the rescue and, uh, Pulls Angela away. Um, so then we get a scene later. The uh, the chef is cooking up some stew, I guess. He's leaning over this giant pot, and some unseen killer comes in and pushes him into the stew, knocks the pot over, and
1: he just gets pretty badly scarred. It, it was a pretty lame death because... He doesn't die. die. Oh, no, that's right. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's... Regardless, I thought the scene, how it played out, made no sense because the unseen killer kind of just moves the chair out from under him Mm -hmm. and he he grabs a hold of the shelf above him yep and really he was in no danger he could have easily just stepped off the chair and Mm -hmm. so i don't know what he was thinking sure but yeah he uh but the
3: payoff is good
0: though the payoff was very very good yeah
1: yes he screams in agony as his flesh is melting away and he deserved it for sure oh Uh, yeah And it was, it was something that you don't really see very often in horror movies, scalding. Yeah. So I was a fan of it, he, and he definitely deserved it. Yep. No, absolutely. Uh, it was a good scene. Well done in terms of the practical effects.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, it's a long scene, though. He, they they mm-hmm. let that camera linger on him. They let those uh, those effects play, a off, while. play yeah. out. It's a good point. Yeah. And he screams the whole time.
0: Yeah, He's
3: <laughs> bloody murder. And then Robert Robert Earl Jones comes in and
1: just looks on in horror. Doesn't that, really help
3: him one bit. Just kind of stands there.
1: That's my He comes in in his underwear. <laughs> well, I don't really maybe he doesn't. That. I hope I wasn't just imagining a man in his underwear. <laughs> I think you might have been. Mm. Um, not a good look, Dan. Yeah. Not a good look. So he gets wheeled out
3: by paramedics who show up. Uh, he's not dead, but he's. He's not coming back to that camp anytime soon. That's for sure. He, he uh, learned his lesson. Yeah. Um. Camp owner. We meet camp owner Mel in this scene, and he's kind of a sleaze. He wants to cover up the accident, doesn't want to tell anybody. We learn mm-hmm. very much later how much of a sleaze he actually is. Um, but then he kind of like pays off the the other cooks, kind of like, hey, why don't you guys take some more money? Now <laughs> and, that that guy's gone. And
2: there was there was absolutely no undertones in this scene at all.
3: Oh yeah, absolutely it's little,
2: zero, zero undertones.
3: It's a little creepy, a little, uh, <laughs> little race uh, related. <laughs> um, I'll pay these these uh, dark skinned people off
1: and be on my way. <laughs> oh jeez. Uh, yeah, I didn't get that for maybe this is something I missed, but I didn't get I, that. I think
2: I think it's either Karner or somebody else goes basically says, it's um, just the way it's like that, Kirk Cameron stank on the word, but <laughs> I go, what are you gonna do about them?
1: Oh, it doesn't when he says, says uh, like Jew, right? Yeah. The Jews. He <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, says Jews put, with a hard R. This, this guy put the hard R on the word them. <laughs>
1: All right, so that that was something I missed, I guess. So. <laughs> Ugh,
3: um, very creepy. Yeah. So we cut to the scene: a scene at a boys' bunk, and uh, Ricky helps bully a kid named Mozart by making him stick his face right in another kid's butt. <laughs>
1: Uh, <laughs> and,
2: uh, I love the uh, the the, the uh, camp counselor or whatever coming in and going, Oh did he get you with the mind over matter thing? Like <sighs>
3: tell me t- re- Tell me Mozart didn't fall for the mind over matter trick. <laughs> that camp counselor's name is Gene and that is the one with the half shirt. That's right. Yeah. And he, he's just I like can't. super cool with all of this. Like all this yeah. harassment and bullying. He's seen it all before, man. He's probably had
1: his face in someone's butt <laughs> once before too. i'm gonna be honest with you i think every guy in this movie has at one point or another (laughs) had their face in another dude's
0: ass
1: (laughs) so then uh we go
3: to the baseball game the softball game i should say um and as we said there is some really repressed hatred between a lot of these kids in this game there's just a lot of joy between ricky and the other uh, like older kids um there's one line where like uh where one kid tells Ricky to eat shit and die. And Ricky just turns around and says, eat shit and live. It's a pretty good comeback to that. Yeah. Uh, and then there's some more half shirts and, and crop tops
1: and cut off shorts. And this scene goes on forever. And there's one part in this scene where I was kind of flabbergasted. So Mozart, the character Mozart is playing in the outfield yep. and he's on his, his uh, calculator. Cause he's a nerd. Mm-hmm and a a fly ball is hit towards him and he and he notices it he puts his calculator away runs over and he makes the catch he makes a bobble but he he holds on why did they do that (laughs) this is the perfect opportunity because we we established in this movie that he's a nerd and he's going to get picked on so why do you make him make a pretty awesome catch yeah. It was well done. You're right. There's no reason for it. I so I'm sitting there I was like, Oh, here we go, you know, the nerd is gonna get hit in the head or it's gonna land ten feet behind him. No, he he makes he runs a good distance to make that catch.
2: And I think he also puts his glove on while running over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: like this is like if can you imagine if the Sandlot had done something like that with smalls when he's trying to first learn how to play baseball? It's like mm-hmm. automatically he's great. But <laughs> No, I I didn't understand why they did that. I
2: think I think the point of this scene is that the younger kids are so much better than the older kids at softball, you know, but the older kids think because they're older, they should be kicking their ass. And that's why the younger kids are like, you know, the trash talk and raising it from a dollar to five dollars. Nerds
1: are better than them. That's how that's how bad they are.
2: And then he gets on first and goes, why don't you bring me home?
1: I mean, yeah, he, he hits
2: yeah, a bomb. a home, home run. Yeah. yeah,
3: Paul hits a bomb.
1: Yeah, yeah. it's a, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a very long scene. Yeah, it just goes on for like five minutes easily. Doesn't add it's anything like, to the story. Yeah, when you, when you think it's gonna
3: end, they just, oh no, here's another scene. <laughs> yeah. Here's another play that they made. Yeah, <laughs> here's a
1: diving stop. Yeah,
2: but yeah. all this shit's going on, then they go, so what's the score? Ah, it's eight six. Yeah. I'm
1: like, Wait, how is it so close. We've seen like three runs score.
3: Yeah. Uh, so the next scene is uh, so the younger campers win and they're all excited and then we have stupid lines about, oh, what are you gonna do with all your winnings? I'm gonna buy a boat. I might buy. I might go on a cruise. Something stupid, some bullshit like that. Right. Yeah, it's just just rubbing it in. Yeah. And then they're so mad they lost the older kids. Like. Yeah
1: like they're going to shoot up a school when they get back. So so to to me that reminded me of that movie Sleepers. Did you ever see that? Yeah. When the inmates play the guards and the inmates mm-hmm. just beat the shit out of the guards. So one would think that the older kids are now really going to go at like go after them and like pulverize them.
3: Mm-hmm. Nothing nope. happens. Nope, nothing happens. Just moving on. There's all this tension build up between yeah everybody and ricky essentially yeah everybody versus ricky
1: and nothing there's no payoff nope it, it, this game meant nothing in the long run i guess it was just bragging rights but yeah. no nah, doesn't add to the story
3: yeah so uh we cut to seeing at at the dance hall and the uh, the older kids they're they're just itching to go skinny dipping with some chicks but there's like Two way chicks. too many guys there's way too many guys and not enough chicks. Yes. And <laughs> they look over to Angela who is who's literally just staring off in the distance. <laughs> She's just staring straight ahead, eating a candy bar on the bleachers like she is comatose. <laughs> uh, she spends a good amount of this movie doing that. Yeah. It's very unsettling. Yeah, so she uh so they're like, Oh, why don't we ask Angela? So two of the idiots they come up to Angela and they, they just start making fun of her.
0: Yeah. She's and not doing like, anything.
3: She's not saying anything to them. So they're like, hey, Angela, what gives? Oh, don't you know? Angela's Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes. She's 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 a nut. Ain't, ain't that right, Angela? Um, Angela. Then, so then uh, Mel walks in and he's getting pretty cozy with camp counselor Meg. And then who walks in? With the biggest fucking hat and biggest big dick energy that he could have is Ricky. <laughs> Ricky walks into that place like he owns it with this enormous 10-gallon cowboy hat on, for no fucking reason. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's what I like about this movie. A lot of the things that they they either wear or they do stand no purpose.
3: <laughs> it's enormous. And he just owns it. It's great. Ricky's the best. Ricky's the MVP of this movie because he was like, "Where does he get it from?" <laughs> I, have no idea. It's, it's, I don't know. It's pretty excellent. But he just walks in and it's like it's he's like acting like he's not even wearing the fucking hat. <laughs> <he's> like, this, <laughs> this is normal. there goes that Ricky. Him and his <laughs> him and his hats. Yeah, he's ready to just fuck any girl at that at that social. Yeah, you he's know, just was... gonna whip it out. Like look at look look at the pack. Look at what I'm packing. <laughs> that's what ricky's thinking in that at that
1: scene it's uh again questionable just if i had to sum up this movie in one word it's questionable sure um
3: so ricky walks in and he sees these two idiots uh picking on uh picking on angela and he comes to her defense again and curses a blue streak once again he's calling everybody cocksuckers and pricks (laughs) that was his favorite word prick uh,
1: you, you motherfucking pricks!
3: <laughs> so Ronnie kind of ushers uh, Ricky away to kind of like you're gonna get like Mel standing right over there, you idiot. You're gonna get in trouble. Come on, mm-hmm. let's let's take a walk outside. So he leaves leaves Angela with Paul. Paul introduces himself to Angela again. Um, as Judy looks on angrily, so pissy. Every her whole mood her whole mood is just like bitch fest.
1: No, oh, yeah, she has resting yeah. bitch face.
3: Yeah. Um, so Paul's talking to Angela. I was not really getting much out of her, but uh, you know the social lens. And he walks off, and Angela finally finally talks to her. He says goodbye, and she says goodbye to him. And he's like head over heels, like she's yes. talking. Oh man, that's the best. Went
1: from six to midnight.
3: Yeah, he. Well, that's goodnight. that's the night when he was like, all right, you know what? I am gonna rub one out. I don't care who's <laughs> in this bunk. I don't care if Mozart's next to me. <laughs>
1: Like, I'm rubbing out now. <laughs> um, it's funny because, well, not funny, but, you know, obviously this was a time period where you didn't have internet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, that was all, uh, that was pure imagination, man. Yep. Spank yeah, banks. Yep. Thinking, thinking yeah, where is uh, bank bank? Thinking what Angela's packing and you're just like. <laughs>
3: oh, was he surprised. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It was the, it was the old as uh, horn. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so uh, yeah,
3: so the next scene, uh, the guys decide to go skinny dipping together, mm. uh, and this no chicks want to do it. Yep. Nope. <laughs> I'm, I'm, and i having a great time.
2: It looks like they picked up the shirts at like some kind of uh, thrift or consignment store because it's like five different college sports <laughs> shirts and like not even any kind of like like it's a Florida and like a, a USC and it's just <laughs> oh these were just like the popular t-shirts at the time that they found it's probably in, what they brought some,
1: from home yeah <laughs> it, the, what I liked about this scene was as the the guys are trying to uh convince the girls to go skinny dipping and none uh, of the girls want to do it because they're sane girls <laughs> one of the guys is like you guys you you guys don't know how to have fun and just <laughs> They all stripped down, <laughs> butt naked, butt naked. Yeah. Guys, it's all guys, not a single girl. And I I was thinking to myself, there's no way that teenage boys would do this. Not a chance.
0: Yeah, I, I, am I, I've
1: never to, done it. Oh, I was going oh. to say, am I wrong? No. Nope. Right? Nope. I've never skinny dipped with my, my bro friends. <laughs> and doing that, I don't know if they were thinking it would help the situation yeah, but I no woman seeing that happen is going to go oh okay i feel totally comfortable now let's all go
2: <laughs> yeah this feels right <laughs> i'm gonna be i'm gonna be the one naked woman amongst these 12 teenage boys <laughs> boys yeah horned
1: it's... up boys and terrible tan lines
0: oh yeah <laughs>
1: i i had to because i i watched these at work so i had to uh uh change the tab over but when i saw it i was in utter shock and the, and i was telling you guys the guy who i was with didn't skip a beat just he's watching it with me just keeps talking like like he didn't just watch 12 like however many teenage boys just strip naked and just go running cocks in the wind <laughs> into, this, into this lake and he's just like oh yeah and then uh you know my cat looks like the one from uh from Captain Marvel I'm like I don't know what's going on right now I'm getting it from all ends here man
3: um so one of the idiots that was Hassel and Angela um he convinces a girl Leslie to go canoeing with him for some reason um the canoe flips Leslie swims away um as Leslie Leslie falls into the water as one actress and gets out as another um, that's a little. <laughs> little. Not noticed that. Yeah. Um, I only knew that because I was watch. I watched the documentary. Apparently, the first girl got sick uh, the second day of shooting, so they had to replace her. Um, and then Kenny, while he's underneath the canoe that's been flipped, gets drowned by the killer.
1: Uh, I don't know what the fuck he was doing. He's babbling under
3: yeah, the canoe. Yeah. He was like singing a really stupid song.
0: Yeah. Um, he deserved
1: to die too, just for that. Yeah, absolutely.
3: So the next morning, uh, counselor Glenn has an enormous freakout because he has to clean up after all the camp the campers who threw a whole bunch of like pool uh, furniture or like deck furniture into the water. So he's freaking out, and then that's when he stumbles upon the body of Kenny. It was a pretty good uh, special effect of having uh, the dummy and then the uh, the snake coming out of its mouth. Then mm-hmm. uh, the cops show up, um, and Mel insists, "Oh, it must have been an accident, right?" And the cop is like, well, you know, it'll it'll have to show up on the autopsy.
2: It was but, an accident.
3: But it was an accident, right? <laughs> um, and it's very important uh, to notice the cop's mustache in this scene. Oh, it's great. Because it will come up later um, as a uh, Henry Cavill sort of
1: situation.
2: <laughs> yes.
3: It's,
0: uh, it does really it's a, gloriously.
1: I, I, was, uh, he, I didn't think he was a cop. I thought he was the EMT. then no, he was a cop. So
3: okay. he's got a real mustache in this scene so (laughs) we'll just say that uh then we cut to a scene of the girls playing volleyball angela's not playing but uh while she's not playing uh paul comes over and talks to her um and says hey did you want to go to the movie with me tonight she says yes and then meg and judy freak the fuck out because she talks to paul which is kind of like the mo now angela does something judy and meg freak the fuck out um,
1: yeah, they're they're way too into Angela's business.
2: Or, or Angela doesn't do something, <laughs> and they freak the fuck out. Yeah. I,
1: regardless, it's just hating on Angela. Yeah. Meg
3: is the one that really freaks out in this scene. Yeah. She has a really bad time about it. And she's supposed
1: to be the adult.
3: So yeah, she's the counselor, and she's <laughs> right. like, if you're not going to play volleyball, then you can't do anything. <laughs> not even talk to boys. Right.
1: But there, there is one... Camper who sticks up for Angela. I I don't know if they say her name. She's a redhead.
3: Yeah, and, I don't know. I don't know her name.
1: And she's actually nice. She's like, oh, let's back the fuck off. She's yeah. talking to a boy. Who cares? Mm-hmm. And it's so it's not like everyone's against her. Yeah. But oh my God, the two that are against her are just like I've never seen such levels of animosity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's uh there's not many though that are on her side. It's
3: like Ronnie and Ricky. Paul just kind of wants to get in her pants. Right. He's really not helpful one bit. <laughs> no. There's a scene later where he's like, Oh, Meg's coming over. I'm
1: gonna go back in the
3: water, see you later.
1: <laughs> Peace. Yeah, he he just flakes on her.
3: Yeah. Like, All right, well I'm sure this will go well. See you later.
1: <laughs> you you have this under control, right? You guys are yeah. friends.
3: You you'll uh, be fine. <laughs> so uh we don't see them go to the movies, we've seen them coming out of the movie. Um Paul walks Angela back to her bunk. Um, and judy is just not having any of it she's pretty pissed off about it all um back at her bunk paul steals a kiss from angela and she awkwardly walks away and then judy pops up and she's ready to steal paul from angela because that's what she does she's a man yeah. stealer man mm-hmm. can't trust that judy yeah uh then at the boys bunk uh, the guys pull the old shaving cream trick on Mozart, and then
1: Mozart pulls a knife on Ricky. <laughs> Perfectly rational response.
2: Before he, the knife thing, the first thing I was thinking was like, how in the course of Mozart being here, did he think being the first one to sleep in that bunk was a good idea? That's, that's a good point.
3: <laughs> Mozart yeah. totally uh, became an alt-right 8 Shanner <laughs> He was ready to shoot up a mosque. <sighs> Eventually. Yeah, <laughs> that dude has incel written
1: all over him. <laughs> and it's yeah. it's. Uh,
3: he went for that very
2: pretty clear. Quick.
1: Yeah. Uh,
3: yeah, why? Well, yeah, and he was hell bent. He was climbing over furniture trying to get at Ricky. He wasn't why? just like leaving it around. He was just like, I'll fucking
1: cut you, bitch. And and what makes it worse is the so the counselor comes in and sees this and doesn't really i mean he he's like hey what are you doing in here you know but he doesn't he, the rational like the, what i was thinking was like what the fuck are you doing yeah. he's like you'll get it back at the end of the summer and just
3: and puts just... it on a shelf that everybody could see <laughs>
1: <laughs> and he's and
3: well within reaching distance <laughs> yeah like, Mozart could literally just wait till everybody's asleep, grab that knife, and stab Ricky in his <laughs> sleep if he wanted to.
1: That's that's what I thought was going to happen. I was like, well, what's going to stop him from just taking that and killing someone now? I, and I'm surprised that they didn't think Mozart was the killer at one point. Because obviously, nice right, that's what I was thinking. Like, he's pulled a knife on someone. Yeah. You've seen it. So yeah, well, obviously he's the killer.
2: And that isn't the last we see that knife. That's right. No. I don't
1: know. Um, So the next scene is at the lake. Angela
3: starts coming out of her shell with Paul a little bit. She's joking around with him. Um, They start talking a bit, and then Judy just comes over to be an asshole and then walks away. And then this is the scene where, as I mentioned, uh, he sees uh, Judy talking to Meg, and then Meg starts coming over here to talk to Angela, and then Paul's like, peace out, I'm going back in the water. Bye. Uh, Leaves her high and dry, and then Meg proceeds to have an absolute meltdown, starts shaking Angela, and just she just hates her so much. And it's, yeah. it's just nuts. I think Ronnie comes over and breaks it up and tells her that she's a real pinhead. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, or
1: uh, yeah. I think does he call her a prick too, or something like prickhead
0: or, or something prick like that?
3: Prickhead, prickhead. Yeah. That's what I know. Yeah, you're a real prickhead sometimes, Angela uh,
1: or Meg.
3: I think
0: like, yeah. I,
1: it's it's crazy because Angela is literally doing that I mean she's staring daggers at Meg which would which would annoy me too but I would have just walked away or like I would have called her a name like all right whatever bitch and just walked away but no like Meg needs validation from Angela yeah she why are you not answering me right now it's just let it go man just just leave her alone yeah like I'm surprised you didn't just slap her right in the face speak to me
3: right
1: it's, I don't know who hired these these people to be camp counselors, but they're terrible.
3: <laughs> they are awful. Well,
1: yeah, the guys Mel, are okay. Mel,
3: but... Mel, Mel's got a special place in his
1: heart for Meg. Uh, that, yeah, we find that out a little later. So Uh-oh. I'm assuming she did something to get that job.
3: Once or twice. Um... And then we have a scene at the so Meg gets in trouble and then we go to the girls' bunk and Judy is not happy that Meg got in trouble. This is where she has her absolute scene chewing scenery uh, scenery chewing scene where she drops the uh, flat as a board and <laughs> needs a screw <laughs> uh, line great. that we mentioned. To. And that's when the uh, the one the one girl that sticks
1: up for Angela slaps her across the face. Right, but then she gets all upset about it. Yeah. You did the right thing there, yeah. but yeah, you oh know, you know, man, she she really lays into Angela. But then, but it's great because like Angela really doesn't give in, you know. That she might doesn't... be more more frustrating for Judy right. and Meg, where right. she's just like stu- ice grilling them. <laughs> right. I, I mean, and the stuff they're saying to Angela is, you know, I guess a lesser person would have broken down and cried. But yeah, yeah man, Angela's just like yeah. Bouncing off, what yeah, whatever. It's cool. Mark,
3: what do, what do they call that in wrestling? Is it the is it the no cell
2: Yeah, yeah. No
0: cell when,
2: yeah. when when someone doesn't move and then it they totally just recover from it yeah. without any pain. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Angela runs out of the bunk. She's like, I'm gonna go now. Uh, yeah. Just so she runs out and then the boys are hanging out on the <laughs> roof with a whole bunch of water balloons and they nail Angela with the water balloon. And Ricky, he goes fucking nuts. Oh, and he starts dropping cocksuckers and pricks and motherfuckers, just left and right, just,
1: just everybody's just so meltdown ready. Yeah, and there's no, there's like no ramp up speed. It's yeah. just zero to a hundred. <laughs> so Mel it, comes over and he's just like, "What the fuck, Ricky? Get away from here! All right, all right, all right, Ricky. You oh, guys get off get off the roof." Also, is that something people did too? They had water balloon fights on rooftops. I guess
3: roofs are are like the cool place to hang out if you get up there. I don't
0: well, know.
1: I I mean I know you used you used to hang out on your rooftop back yeah. in uh, like your, your old house, but would you would you consider having a water balloon fight? No, I wasn't at camp
3: though. I've never been to a camp. Maybe water balloons is a thing to do. I I feel like this is a real minimal. Yeah. Minimal, uh, you know,
1: in like it's in a fraction, it's a small sample size, right? Infraction of like,
3: you know, all right, well, it's a water balloon, so get kind of get over it, Angela and Ricky yeah. specifically. Ricky, you're right. making this worse than it is. <laughs> right. You act,
1: you act like they like choke slammed her, you know, yeah. like beat the shit out of her, but they hit her with one water balloon. Right. It's not that big
3: of a deal. Um, yeah. definitely not something to get stabbed by a whole get uh, <laughs> killed by a whole bunch of bees. Very shortly. Um, it's an interesting kill, too. Yeah. Um, so after that... I'm oh, sorry, my cat is running around like a nut. Um, so I'm getting distracted. Uh, so the water balloon guy... Um, everybody else is going to go out to uh, play some ball. Water balloon guy is going to be there soon. He just has to take a wicked dump. His words. <laughs> uh, so while he's waiting, taking that wicked dump... Um, the killer locks him in and drops bees nesting with him and he gets stung to death
1: essentially uh, nice uh, quick uh, note on this the guy who i was watching the movie with goes there's no way those are killer bees they, they wouldn't live there <laughs> uh, and, to my, in which i responded unless he's allergic And he goes, oh. (laughs) It's like, I blew his mind.
3: (laughs) Fuck!
1: He's right. Yeah. He could be allergic. (laughs) But these bees do a number on this guy from what it looks like. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so that guy
3: dies. Um, At this point, campers start leaving. Uh, Bunks have been consolidated now to kind of, like, bring everybody together. And Mel is pretty certain he knows who the killer is. He's like, I knew it. I've seen it in his eyes. <laughs> He's well, doing this to screw me. Yeah,
1: for whatever reason, right? They, 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 they never say that there's prior history between the two, right? <laughs> no, not at all. Right. I mean, Ricky had gone to the camp the year prior, but there was no speculation that he was a troublemaker. Nope. Yeah. So maybe if they had said, like, yeah, yeah, oh, like if there's like a little scene where Rick runs into him and i what mel right mm-hmm. and then mel just kind of pulls him aside and he's like i don't want any problems from you this year and like where like yeah fuck you prick and then runs away <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, now it makes no sense like why are we suspecting ricky's the killer yeah yeah and he's certain of it though oh he's he's never been more certain of
3: anything in his life this guy the, like I kind of love Mel in this movie, cause he just, cause he goes off the deep end at this point. <laughs> yeah. And it's just every scene he shows up in is just kind of hilarious. Um, but at, then we have a scene where Angela and Paul have a romantic time at the lake. Start, fl- they flirt and so sa- everything, yeah. start making out, uh, and then Paul starts to like paw at her chest, and she kind of shuts down mentally until she has a uh, a flashback of her dad and his
1: lover yeah uh, and then angela freaks out and runs off um right the next it, scene it, it, it's a weird scene yeah right? it's it's like kind of uh i'm trying to think of it. it's it's almost like um I, it's very stylized it's, yes uh, thank you it's just the a black backdrop around them and right into the, the bed spinning kind yeah. of and it's it was just it's a strange scene i i Maybe just the, just the way it's shot. Yeah, definitely, definitely a
3: style choice that the director made. It was interesting. Um, rather than just a you know standard flat uh, flashback scene, I'm not a big fan of flashback scenes in general, but mm-hmm. um, they serve a per a purpose, I guess. I really here's the thing: it's Angela is essentially fucked up. By her aunt, not by her walking in on her dad having a relationship with another man. Right. So there's no real reason for this particular scene. It seemed like, yeah, it's kind of like, it seemed like she had a good relationship with the other man, too.
1: He was at the. Yeah, he was at the the camp. Mm hmm so yeah there's nothing that says that this is what screwed her up yeah but maybe it's just a red herring they're trying to kind of put you down a false path here make you think that seeing her dad with another man was what was why she freaked out right and ran away maybe it's possible but um we'll never know or we could just guess
3: i don't know sure yeah (laughs) so uh that's probably what it is Uh, so the next scene is capture the flag um so Paul tries to cozy up to Angela again, and Angela kind of walks off upset. Um, but then Judy shows up, and she's like, why don't you spend some time with me, Paul? And then he's like, okay. yeah, I guess so, sure. <laughs> um, so Ricky has a plan to win, capture the flag, and he needs Angela's help. So they go running into the woods together, and that's where they find Judy making out with Paul. And, Hardcore. And mm. Judy just laughs it off. Yeah. And... And Ricky's just like, "You're a real bitch, Judy." She's like, right. "You're just
1: jealous." Yeah, and he gives she... her the finger. <laughs> yeah, she's uh, like cartoonishly evil.
3: She is. Yeah.
1: Everything. She,
3: if she had a mustache, she'd be twirling <laughs> it. Twirling
1: it. It's like
3: Edward G. Robinson
1: player. <laughs> yeah, <see? laughs> I took your man, Shania. Yeah. You're just jealous, Ricky. Spring. <laughs> I'm the better woman, <laughs> and there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, yeah, it's you know, it, but it's it's like high school evil, yeah. and and that's I guess what it's supposed to be, like oh, like that bitch. It's you know, it was kind of like Mean Girls yeah. with uh, Regina Judy George. To, Judy needs to be taken down a peg or two. She oh. is. She is too high on that fucking horse of hers. And I, I know I'm jumping ahead, but I think the way she gets it, and like at, towards the end, it's not brutal enough for someone of her caliber. <laughs> you know, it's sure. it's it's off camera and it's with a curling iron, and you're like, yeah. Uh, is she...
3: Like I, I like I said, uncut version, a little more graphic. A,
1: oh, so do you think she gets what she deserves?
3: uh yeah it's so again i i have to go back and see the version that i saw but um it's it's a i i think i even say in in my reviews like there's one there's one death that is pretty brutal
1: <laughs> so then yeah if if it was hers then i think that's probably well yeah. deserved because she is i guess she's the protagonist in this
3: movie she's the antagonist
1: Oh right i'm sorry she's the
3: antagonist yes yeah yeah. Uh, i apologize yeah um so capture the flag scenes ends um at the lake paul tries to apologize to angela kind of doesn't work um and then judy shows up again and she's just like angela not going into the into the water again can't you swim and then meg comes up because i guess meg is judy's muscle (laughs) <laughs> she's, a, she's never far behind. She picks Angela up like a fireman and carries her over to the lake, trying to throw her in. Ricky shows up and he's uh, going to try and stop them from doing that, but Mel accosts him. This is, again, Mel. This is where Mel goes nuts and he's just like, You're trying to screw with me. I know it's you. I saw you. Yeah. Uh,
1: and clearly, <laughs> like, maybe 50 feet away from him. In, uh,
3: just over their shoulder Aunt she's Angela's just being screaming appears. on the top of her lungs lo- she's no! screaming
1: on the top of her lungs
0: help I can't swim what are you doing please and, uh, oh.
1: and Mill's just turning a blind eye to this He's like, no,
3: I'm... You, Ricky what are you going to do you're going to go save her again
1: right <laughs> yeah. well yeah because you're not going to clearly
3: <laughs> and Ronnie, Ronnie's slow on the take because he pulls her out but like yeah. he was
1: right he, he was a little slow on that one right and I think it's I think it's uh it goes to show that he's kind of a shithead.
3: Yeah. You mean Mel? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. So that's a that's a weird scene, and we, you know, Melacost Ricky, uh, Ronnie eventually pulls her out of the water.
0: Yeah. Uh,
3: and then uh, that scene kind of ends.
2: Yeah. It's uh, I guess it's I, I guess they're trying to set up um both to make you think the reason she doesn't want to go in the water is the accident Uh but i guess the twist adds another question to that Mm -hmm. or layer to it um especially considering the shorts that she's wearing sure um, in the scene um but also it definitely sets up the uh the mel stuff later yeah so i think it tries to accomplish those two things and it it succeeds for the most part
3: Mm -hmm. so uh that night at camp uh we get a scene with cans camp counselors um you know, figuring out their duties for the night. Um, Meg has off, so she walks over to Mel and she's like, hey, how about that dinner you at, you offered me? And he's like, yeah, sure. So in case you haven't seen this movie, Meg is like maybe 16. Yeah. Um, and Mel is easily north of 60. Um, yeah. So it's super creepy. Uh-uh.
2: Yeah, and, and it's like, um, you know, what, what does she gain with this relationship?
3: Like all the power that comes with being the head camp counselor.
2: Yeah. Does she want Ronnie's spot? Like, she wants. She she's gunning
3: for? for Ronnie's job. Yeah. Ronnie's summer job <laughs> as head camp counselor.
2: So she's gonna. She's gonna fuck this sixty-year-old man to get it. She's
3: got hot. She's got lofty goals, man. She needs. She needs. She needs to fuck her way to the
1: the middle. <laughs> oh, listen. There's. I guess there's worst things you could do not much but yeah i mean i (laughs) mean that's
3: up there mel's giving me vibes too i I was surprised what what, what kind of vibes
1: like he'd be more into ronnie oh just like every other guy apparently in this
0: yeah in this movie
1: (laughs) and I, i i'm coming down like this is wrong but i'm just i'm more surprised with how everyone acts in
3: this no. movie. I mean, it's it. I think him wanting Ronnie is much better than him wanting Meg because Ronnie looks like he's of age.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Ronnie's a grown uh, Ronnie's an adult. Meg is maybe 16.
1: Right. I remember asking you guys, like, are, are they of age? And they're so most likely not. The actress
3: that played Meg was 18, maybe 19 at the time of, the sh- of filming. So okay. but she looks she looks like she's 16. Um. Yeah, she looks they all look really young. Yeah. Uh, the, the actress that played Act, Angela was 13 at the time of filming. Uh, and they really, obviously, they kind of moused her down, too, obviously. Okay. They, uh, but, um, so Meg goes to the shower for her date. Um, the one at the girls' bunk is being used up by everybody. So she goes to one of the abandoned uh, bunks and uh, uses one of those showers. Um, as she's in there, Killer comes in and stabs her through the shower wall.
2: Enter Mozart's knife.
3: Yeah, that's right. And he washes (laughs) off the knife for
2: some reason. Which, this is the point where I started to think of my theory for the end. That it was really Ricky doing all of it in some sort of, like, he blacked out sort of, like, rage at getting back at anybody doing anything wrong to Angela. Sure. But didn't remember doing any of it. Okay. That's what I thought when I saw that knife. Sure.
3: Okay. There is a scene that kind of helps that too, um, which has to do with HD cleaning up of, of scenes. Um, yeah. But we'll get to that. Oh my God. My cat's just going nuts right now. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, Eddie, one of the camp counselors, takes a whole group of young campers out camping. Um, they're complaining that uh, it's too cold. Oh wait, I skipped a scene. Sorry. Screw skip that. it. So they go out. They go out with the camp counselor. Um, then there's a scene at the social. Um, Paul apologizes to Angela. Um, and Angela just says, meet me at the lake after the social. And Paul's like, yeah, she's talking to me again. Great. It's I'll time. be there. I'm totally get it in.
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> am going to put that P in that V. Yeah.
3: <laughs> oh Another God. notch in his bedpost. Judy, and now Angela. Uh, so, and we have a... a A cut the scene um the young campers are out camping by the lake they say that they're cold so eddie's like all right let me go get the car wait here and he goes and leaves the kids alone while we see the the killer stalk up to the campers uh mel's goes looking for meg um that's first the social she's not there then he goes to the girls bunk um, where judy is making out with one of the other camp counselors named Mike and she's like, Can you why do you always kiss so sl- so wet?
1: <laughs>
3: um, uh, yeah.
1: What a weird remark.
3: Yeah. So uh, he hides underneath the bed when Mel walks in and Judy tells Mel that last time she saw Meg she was gonna take a shower in the other bunk. So he leaves, then Mike is like, Well I'm not if Mel's hanging around here, I'm I'm leaving too. And she literally, basically threatens Mike's life, too. calls him <laughs> a coward. And she gives him one of the, the crazy eye, too. I think she calls as him as chicken, shit. Chicken, chicken, chicken shit. Chicken shit. And chicken she gives him shit. that arched eyebrow, crazy eye thing. Like, you better fucking not leave. And even... he totally just walks away.
1: <laughs> Which is kind of, um, again, totally against what a teenage boy would do in that situation. Sure. Most likely. But that, um, I, I was kind of... I didn't think that would have been a good way to end that scene because then Angela comes in pretty much right after. So I think it would have been better, you know, if uh, Judy and was it Mike. Yeah, is that you might. Yeah. So they they're getting ready to do underage sex and <laughs> Angela comes in and just kills them both like one fell swoop.
0: Mm. I
1: thought that would have been a better a better ending to that scene. So
3: uh, then we cut to the other the other
1: bunk where Mel finds Meg's body
3: and he's very upset. He's like no, not you Meg, <laughs> not you Meg, not you Meg. And then he's like, "There, Ricky, I had him and I let him go."
1: He's like slowly losing his mind. <laughs> like I'm gonna get him for Meg.
0: I'm gonna do this for Meg.
1: That's awesome. Uh, you sound just like him. <laughs> Ricky. Uh, Ricky.
3: <laughs> shaking his fist in the air um, so we cut back to judy who is just kind of uh, straightening her hair and the killer comes in um so <laughs> with the new cleaned up cut of this of this film uh you see what was supposed to be a backlit shot of a unidentifiable killer but with this new clean HD version, you can it's clearly quite, see it's quite obviously Ricky in her, in an Angela wig.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: very
3: so. very very obvious. Yeah. Um, so uh, then this the killer, <laughs> whether or not it's Ricky in an Angela wig or Angela, knocks out Judy and then proceeds to in the uncut version, uh, violate Judy with the hair straightener, basically puts it right up the vagine
1: Ooh, is that what happens yes Ooh. Uh,
3: yeah and in this cut it's very it's not it's not easy to tell um but i'm pretty i'm pretty positive because in my review i i mentioned specifically that that it's pretty brutal um that that's what happens so i'd have to i'd have to go find an uncut version of it to confirm but yeah that's what happens that is what's supposed to happen it's not super clear in this version but yep so she gets it right up the hoo-ha it's uh, uh yeah pretty gruesome yeah and then uh, that that's the end of judy
2: yeah I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see that my screw up of thinking of how this movie is going to end was because of a uh update in technology yeah. for this yeah that's uh, something they got away with in 1980s uh lighting
3: mm-hmm. um so then from there, we cut to Eddie, the camp counselor, uh, making his way back to the the youngest camp, the campers. Um, and they've all been slaughtered in their sleeping bags. Now, this kind of doesn't uh, gel with the rest of the movie because these kids, this is the first kill that has nothing to do with how Angela has been
2: treated. Well, well didn't those kids throw sand at her when he, she was? Oh, yeah. Is yeah. that it?
3: Is that it, Mark? Yeah. That's like literally the only thing they do. Yeah. Uh, and that, and I actually read that the uh, the director actually did say he was he he was disappointed with that this was part of the movie felt like it didn't okay. sit right. But yeah, he did mention like that's literally the only thing they do is that they throw sand at her when they're after she's pulled out of the water. And right. Just, yeah, that's that's a bit of a stretch. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty light, pretty yeah. light. Um, so at this point, Ricky goes to the social to get some candy because he didn't go to the social before because he said his stomach was hurting wink wink or maybe he was out killing Judy yeah Man, that'll uh, that'll cause some stomach aches <laughs> and then uh, as he's walking back he gets jumped by Mel Ooh. oh god see him like, like Mel is just beating him like a gorilla would beat something to death yeah, yeah. Th-
1: and that's exactly what I thought it was I was like this looks like a gorilla just, just pounding, pounding away. on him and he's like I did it I did it <laughs> i murdered a kid
3: judy <laughs> for you meg yeah for meg for meg i did it for meg i gotta get out of here <laughs> He's like, yeah that's his next language like, wait a minute i gotta escape and then <laughs> so then he jumps up and he starts to run away and then he runs into the killer it's like oh it was you it was you the whole time not it you it was you
1: all along
3: <laughs> and then he just gets a perfect arrow right through the throat it's pretty gruesome it's pretty, pretty good pretty, pretty well done yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's when the cops show up and we get our cop with his fake mustache. His it's, new, it's, his now fake mustache. It's glorious. Uh, it looks like a p- two pieces of electrical tape on his face. <laughs> um, and it's essentially exactly what happened with Henry C- Cavill, only the exact opposite. He had a mustache for the first scene. He had another project where he had to shave his mustache and they did some reshoots, and they brought him back in, and he couldn't grow it back in time. So they gave him a fake mustache.
1: Yeah. So it's uh. So I guess the cop had another shoot that yeah. he had to go. Yeah.
3: Uh, do so, what you gotta do. Yeah. So then we cut to Paul is waiting for Angela at the lakefront. Um, she shows up, and she's like, "Let's go swimming." And he's like, Well, swimming? That's crazy. Now, what, about clo- what about our clothes? And she's like, Take them off. And he's like, Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. he, he's he
1: so on board when she says that. I mean, all right. And just not even a second thought. Mm-hmm. But then the look in her eyes says it all. A thousand mile stare. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, so
3: Ronnie uh, brings all the camp counselors together. He's like, There's a killer on the loose. We got to find everybody that's that's missing right now. So him and the other camp counselor start looking for Angela and Paul. They come upon them, and they. this is when we cut to a flashback, and we find out that Angela was actually Peter the whole time. Mm-hmm. Aunt Martha decided once, uh, once the father and Angela had died, and she wound up taking care of Peter, she didn't need two boys. She always wanted a girl. So by God, Peter is now going to become Angela yeah that's yeah. that's a weird thing to do me yeah and then we get the very infamous final scene ronnie and the other camp counselor approaching angela she jumps up and there in all her full frontal male glory is angela holding the head of paul and just with mouth agape that was freaky man
1: yeah i i, I was not expecting that like, i i i really felt kind of kind of a chill when i saw that face because it's that again that thousand mile stare but just this mouth wide open yeah head in her hand knife in the other hand it's like that's fucking creepy man it it ends on a pretty high note
0: Mm -hmm. Uh,
3: like i said i think the whole the whole um conceit of the the fact that she is actually a boy the whole time kind of in terms of the reaction between ronnie and the other camp counselor it's like who is like because ronnie's like oh my god she was a boy the whole time it's like she was also the killer the whole time what about that
1: ronnie and not not that there's a decapitated (laughs) boy why
3: don't you you sort that
1: one out later ronnie (laughs) It, it, it reminds me of uh chief wiggum with the rice oh my god someone took a bite out of that giant rice crispy square oh and the waiter's been savagely beaten
0: uh
3: one thing at a time we'll sort that stuff out first look there's the killer that's the killer do something
1: yes yeah that's clearly the bigger point at hand here yeah the uh the killer is right in front of you could possibly kill again but you're too focused on the uh penis that is there instead of a vagina yeah (laughs) Uh, and that's the end it ends on a uh, freeze frame it does
3: we have a freeze frame ending Great.
0: yep
1: that's what um, is that our third
0: I freeze frame third. Yeah.
1: Yeah. not bad not a bad freeze frame it's a pretty good freeze frame yeah, yeah. not uh, as good as Malibu no Yeah.
3: <laughs> no. that's 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 a a tier yeah that's not
1: it's it's not kill zone
2: a tier's yeah. freeze frame is yes always top notch
1: I was gonna mm-hmm. say you. that's what freeze frames were really invented for and jumping high fives fives yep. yes yeah, that's what freeze frames were invented for. <laughs>
3: uh, yeah, but that's that's, that's Sleepaway Camp. Uh, like I said, a better time with it, second time around. Uh, different headspace, probably. Um, but what did you guys think?
1: Uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, I'm not going to say that, it again, it's not my new favorite horror movie by any stretch of the imagination, but I thought that it, it was campy and the... The kids, the actors, they, like you said, they all give a hundred percent at every turn. Uh, it's creepy at times. Some of the kills are pretty interesting. The practical effects were pretty good. Uh, and again, the the ending, while I knew what the ending was, I didn't know it ended that like with on that shot with him mouth agape, just like real fucking creepy. So yeah, I, I would say this movie. Deserves like cult status if it hasn't gotten it already, which I don't really think it has. But I think I think people would enjoy it if just for fun.
2: Okay. Mark? Yeah. 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 I I enjoyed this movie uh, a lot more than I thought. Um, I would go in and, and it, even through the first part of the movie, um, like when the uh, the ant, the space cadet, um, ant, I'm like, ah, oh, is it gonna be this bad? Like, like. And then once they get to camp and, you know, it's all, everybody's to 11 and fighting and prick this, cocksucker that, fuck you, middle fingers. I'm like, okay, <laughs> this is, this is more, this is fun. This yeah. is, you know, uh campy is the right word for it. Um, But it, it picks up a little bit in there. But I spent most of the movie trying to figure the twist out because I knew there had to be one. Um The way they were doing, it was like, I'm like, in my head, I'm like, it's too obvious that it's Angela. Like there's got to be something and that's why i thought i had it when i thought oh it's ricky and he just puts a wig on and goes around um but yeah this was um definitely you know not a movie you know i'll go search out all the time or try and watch once a year or anything like that but definitely one i don't regret watching
3: okay cool yeah um yeah that 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 Ant is in a completely different movie than everybody else, isn't she? Oh yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah she was very, very out there. Yeah. And this it, whole this whole movie
3: is kind of insane. Like just the performances are just insane. It's like everybody's everybody's Stanley Kowalski in a streetcar named Desire and just screaming everything. Everybody just, just pure pure masculine machismo from Ricky and everybody else. Everybody's She's looking smart. at. Everybody's just looking to
1: throw down. Yeah, it's uh not. If you showed me this movie before going to summer camp, I would not want to go to summer camp. <laughs> like, is everyone an asshole? It's like camp? Lord. It's it's Lord of the Flies. Uh, yeah, essentially, it's I guess taken to the extreme. Yeah, but uh, it's. I was trying to think of. I mean, I had it summed up perfectly before, and I I, I kind of lost track, but. I don't. I don't know. It was just something endearing about this movie because going into it, I thought it was going to be real schlocky, like mm-hmm. almost uh, like trauma esque, and it actually tried. This movie actually tried. So and I, I kind of give it respect for that because it pulls off some things. And I I think this was one of the first movies where that kind of twist happens. You know what I mean? Like has any other movie happened where it's the girl turns out to be a boy.
3: Uh, I don't just know. Just a crying game.
1: Yeah, there you go. So, I mean, that's not a horror movie. Yeah. But I, I don't know. It, to me, it was kind of unique. And it, it, it's piggybacking off of Friday the 13th. But, you know, it's it's passable.
3: Yeah. 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 Like I said, um, I hated this first time I saw it. I had a lot more fun with it this time around. Um, the, the, just the performances just were having me crack up. Uh, Ricky just made me laugh at every turn. When he walks in with that fucking hat, <laughs> that, that that social, just I was beside myself laughing. Just like, look at this fucking hat, and just look at how he's owning it. Just coming in. I wonder, uh, if, he,
1: I wonder if he like asked the director, "Can I wear this hat?" And knock yourself out. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: think it was actually the director's call because I think he said that he hated the hat because it was too big. <laughs> It could have been the best part of the movie. To me, it kind of was. Just, <laughs> yeah, the performance in these in this movie was just out of sight. It was dynamite between yeah. him and Mel and Judy. Judy's... Judy just being a real CNX Tuesday at every turn.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just unapologetically shitty the way yeah. she acts. Uh, it's uh, uh, again cartoonish. Yeah, in the way that she is, and I mean, to me. She was a pretty good villain uh, uh, because she's like the epitome of like a high school bitch, you know, Right. just hates you for no apparent reason because or because you're getting attention from a boy. I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. fuck that. I need the attention. So I I've encountered a lot of Judy's in my life. (laughs) And yeah, she she lives up to that uh, archetype. Nice. Um, Okay, so guys, I got a quick
3: question for you, uh, and then we can kind of wrap it up. Uh, I want to know, we're doing summer movies this week, so I kind of wanted to to ask you, what is like, what's a movie that either just signifies summer for you, or just like every time, like during the summer holidays, you kind of, you know, I got to throw on this movie because it feels like summer. Jaws. Jaws?
1: Yeah, I actually watched it yesterday. Nice. Nice
0: yeah uh
2: probably independence day
1: oh that's a good one too
2: yeah it's one one of the uh few um when i actually started buying vhs's before switching over to dvd when i got my first you know summer job um it was one of the first movies i bought and just watched constantly that summer you know um so it, it definitely has a memory uh for me in terms of that okay so
3: my answer is The Sandlot. That's a yeah. good one too. Yeah. Yeah, that,
2: that's definitely top three.
1: A nice coming of age tale. Yeah. Also Jaws too. Yeah. Jaws is great. Yeah. I, I actually watch have all haven't watched time. it in a little while.
2: Yeah, I think I, last
3: time I watched it was last summer.
1: So it's time for a review. Yep. Yeah, I got to. I'm glad I watched it. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, what, what pluggables do you have coming? Uh, well. My wife and I are going to be attending uh, Wizard World in Philadelphia next Thursday through Sunday. Very nice. And no one knows what we look like, but if you maybe catch the sound of our voice, you know, that that's Dan Aquino. <laughs> Come over and say hi. <laughs> or call me an asshole. It's fine. It's not that's like my too. best friends don't call me asshole all the time. <laughs> we did at the beginning of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, so I'll be, I'll be hurt because it's a complete stranger, but I'll get over it. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you can tweet me at the one twenty two and call me an asshole there or not. Uh, and you can follow our uh, real play D&D podcast, Stranger Damies at Stranger Damies. I I've kind of slacked on the posting because I've been sick and I was on vacation, but I'm going to try to ramp it up again this week. So if you have anything to say, because I know we get quite a bit of uh, downloads for that. Yeah. Uh, so if you listen to that and you listen to this, hit us up. If you have any questions, I'll do my best to answer it, or I'll refer to Mark, the DM, who's yep. better at it.
2: <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, um, as mentioned, Stranger Damies, um, episode 70, just posted before this one. Um, we're getting into the finishing up. Uh, we're trying to finish up the last session we did um, for you guys uh, before we go into another session, because... Um, we're going to be moving to video um, for the next session. So you'll be a little more up to date with us, which will make talking to strangers a little easier um, to record because we won't have to act like things didn't happen or I don't need to wait a month and a half to post it. Um, so we're going to have one of those coming up um, this month because I need one week to get us to the first video, which will probably be the beginning of July. Um so yeah, look forward we're gonna be starting with video. Um so you'll have the podcast, it'll always be on your feed, but then you will be on YouTube as well. Um it'll probably end up being a, a Stranger Damies uh YouTube channel, not on the uh on the main damies channel. Um it'll just be a little bit easier to keep everything sorted um by by putting it on that channel. Um so just be on the lookout for that. And you can follow me on Twitter. If you, if you think I'm interesting and I'm at off the mark tweet. Yeah.
3: Great. Uh, yeah. So we're, we're, they call this a movie. You can find us on any podcast streaming app, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, overcast, any other kind of app that you have on your phone or on desktop. You can find us to, uh, just type in, they call this a movie or any of that should pop right up. Uh, probably find our RSS feed on our they call this a movie.podbean.com site. Uh, but yeah, we're th- we're there. Uh, the main website is com. We post articles in theory um, and there. So you could go on there. Uh, you could also find the podcast there. Uh, we have Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the main Uh We're now part of uh, Geek Vibes Nation. So if you're listening to. This on our feed. Go to Geek Vibes Nation. You can find a whole bunch of uh, sister podcasts through their site. If you're listening to us on their uh, their feed, then hello, and you probably already know of all the the podcast shows that they they do. <clears throat> but they do a lot. Um, they they post a, a a new episode of one of their shows just about every day. We're part of that. Uh, we're proud to be part of that. Um, we're gonna probably show up on more shows on their site coming up. Um, but that's uh, gvnation.com or Geek Vibes Nation and any podcast streaming app. Um, you can find me at Delvec on Twitter. That's where you can find me. Um, and uh, that's all the ways to get a hold of us. Uh, so we're just about to wrap this up. Um, this was a Sleepaway Camp from 1983, uh, which was directed by Robert Hiltzik. So for Dan Aquino and Mark Myers, this is Anthony Delvecchio telling Robert Hiltzik to please go fuck himself.